There are more questions than answers. Like why do some of us live 4,000 miles away from the majority of our relatives and can't be with them for the holidays? But don't be jealous. Hi America, <laughs> hello world. My name is Adrian Lee and I am your host. Welcome to the show More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests. Somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door, 4,000 miles away. So, snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shivering horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly... The mysterious and heathervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather came up with a great Christmas tip this week. Wrap empty boxes and put them under the tree, Every time your child acts up, throw one in the fireplace. <laughs> I did that to yours. Oh. I'm amazed I have any. Welcome to the show. Hello. I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy Michelle Corey. Michelle was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle discovered this week that whiskey and wild men is not an acceptable answer when asked what your weaknesses are during a job interview. <laughs> I got that job. Yeah. Do you want fries with that? We also have with us laughing 
in the background every week, Nathan Bush. Nathan told everyone he has a twin, so when he sees them in public, he doesn't have to talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) This is our Christmas special. Is it me? It doesn't feel like Christmas. We're sat here. We've got the Christmas hats on. Yep. Yep. We've got festive cheer. Yep. Cheer. Cheer. Chin chin. And yet you can hear the ice cubes rattling around as we speak. And yet I don't feel like it's Christmas. I know it's imminent. I know it's only days away, but it's kind of crept up a little bit, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. There's not even snow on the ground. We're in Minnesota. I don't care. Who cares? I went to the bank this week. 47 degrees. It was awesome. It was. Unbelievable. When's that ever happened in Minnesota? I had a sports jacket on. I was roasting. Couldn't believe it. Should have worn a pair of shorts. Gone out for a cycle ride. This is Series 2, Episode 140. It is our Christmas special. 140 is a bar humbug kind of a number with a twin brother and apparently no job. (laughs) (laughs) If you dialed 140... You would be put through to the Egyptian Telephone Directory Assistance Service. So, for the first time in the history of MQ, TA Radio, everything you ever wanted to know, fascinating facts and bizarre information about Egypt. Oh boy. In Egypt, if you only have one son, you are not allowed to send him well. First points of the evening, going begging. Our Middle East Away. Christmas special. <laughs> Away. Away to where? <laughs> Anywhere. To, to who? You're in Egypt. You're sat there with your son. Out of Egypt. You're not allowed to send your firstborn son out of Egypt. Out of town. Out of town. Not allowed to leave town. Do not pass nope. go. Do not collect $200. Nope. Where are you not allowed to send your son, if you live in Egypt, Michelle Corey? To the army. You are on fire. I shall give you two points. If you have an only son, you're not allowed to send him to the army. If you have two sons, they have to be in the army, but they have to be in at different times. There we go. It's oh, a bit... I was going to say they draw straws. No, send the one you it. don't like. <laughs> That's right. Send Gavin. I've never liked Gavin. Yeah. Look at his squint and lazy eye. He's got a bad attitude. Never likes him. <laughs> off your trot, son. If you've got daughters, you can send them off to be bullet catchers, apparently. There's mm. no restriction on that, of course. Welcome to your Christmas special right here. What are you allowed to do with your wife up to six hours after she's been dead? Oh, God. In Egypt... Your wife's dead. She's still a little bit warm. Rigor mortis hasn't set in. You're allowed to kiss her. You're allowed to kiss your wife. Whereabouts? Anywhere. What, like in the corridor? Yes. Okay. If she's collapsed in the corridor, (laughs) what if she's collapsed in the back passage? What happens then? Stop it. Terrible, terrible things. You're saying that if your wife's died and you're in Egypt, you have six hours to kiss her. And after that moment... Done. That would be odd. <laughs> Michelle! <laughs> what are you not allowed to do to your wife after six hours of her being dead? You can do it up until that moment. Get your stopwatch. You've got six hours. Take her on vacation. Take her on <laughs> You've been watching too many 1980s films and then yeah. you find a treasure map. Yeah. <laughs> Heather isn't a million miles away. I may give her in my Christmassy philanthropic point giving points i will give you one point there is a law 
called the Farewell Intercourse Law. <gasps> no. I was no. going to guess that, but it's I thought it would have been gross. too rude. You are allowed to practice the physical arts with your wife up until six hours after she's dead. Apparently, using the idea that when you're married, you're married in death as well. Marriage remains valid after death. So but only you, six hours after. But only six, and that, only your own wife? Uh, well, it doesn't specify. I'm <laughs> guessing so. I guess at that point, you know, you can't say no, can you? We no. see where we're going with that. Oh. But that's true. I'm wondering, you know, if you're kind of three minutes late and you, you know, you're six hours, you find her six hours after you come home from work, six hours and three minutes in. I mean, is that going to be frowned upon? Who's going to know? Who's going to, you know, complain? Why if, are you asking? What if you start on like five hours and like 58 minutes and then, you know, things progress over the six hour stage? What are we looking at here? Like that's going to happen. I don't know. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> this is true. Apparently, this is in place. It's called the Farewell Intercourse Ugh. Law. Necrophiliacs. There you go. <sighs> Welcome to our Christmas special. Thanks. <laughs> according, Thanks. According. To Sherlock Holmes, there are 140 different varieties of ash from pipes, cigars, and cigarettes. So, for the first time in the history of MQ, TA Radio, we have the, I can't believe that, fascinating facts quiz about Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I thought it was about ashes. Me too. You lost those. Ash. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's not Australian but she knows how to rub an Englishman's face in a cricket score <laughs> up until like three weeks ago you didn't even know what cricket was you thought it was croquet and that we were riding around on a horse with a mallet but you know just a little enough now to abuse me on our Christmas special <laughs> do you want me to bet you on that too no we're good okay <laughs> In the 1900 live stage production of Sherlock Holmes, the actor William Gillette, who was playing Holmes, did what live on stage? Shave. He shaved. That would be ridiculous in Victorian Britain. Look, there's a gentleman shaving. Don't look, Davinia. Oh, Robin, I'm undone. Only someone named Gillette would do that. Gillette. Ooh, Italian, see? of course, the best of Well played. I see what you've done there. <laughs> William Gillette was very famous for playing Sherlock Holmes on stage. Over 6,000 live stage productions, plus a film that's now gone missing from the turn of the last century. He brought into play the idea of having a pipe that was a little bit droopy rather than a straight one. And the idea that he wore a deer stalker. So William Gillette brought a lot to the role, but he did this in front of Victorian audiences in 1900, live on stage. He smoked a pipe. Every night. You're going with the pipe smoking. Yep. It's the theme of the show. Yep. He changed clothes. These aren't bad guesses. He actually, live, proper injected himself with cocaine. What? I know. Talk about method acting. If you imagine you've had a matinee and then you do the evening, (laughs) you're doing it six nights a week. Right. It's strong. And I wonder he managed to get 6,000 performances under his belt. That was done in the course of two weeks, apparently. (laughs) Who knew? That is true. That is the God's honest truth. You can look all of that up. I live and breathe. I swear that's the truth. Sherlock Holmes is the most filmed historical character in the history of mankind. The simple task for you tonight is to tell me how many Sherlock Holmes films there have been. And we're talking every type of Japanese, Russian, 
Filipino, Australian, any time Sherlock Holmes has appeared on the big screen, the silver screen. I need to know how many films there's been made. He was in Scooby-Doo, does that count? If he was in a Scooby-Doo film, then yes. Well, it was a special. It was a special. Daphne died. I'll tell you what, if you're within one, if you're within one, yes, thank you for pointing out that the actress who played Daphne also died this week. Welcome to our Christmas special. Hey. Christmas spirit. Mm. 234. You're going to 234. What? Okay. <laughs> Michelle. 619. I'm giving Heather the point. Yeah, it was yeah. 226. <gasps> wow! Oh, nice! Yay, Heather! Thank you. Now, the ugly head of cheating has raised <laughs> no! itself once more. The follow-up question to that was Dracula films have actually been more than Sherlock Holmes films, but Dracula isn't considered to be a human character. Whereas Sherlock Holmes, despite being fictional, same as Dracula, he's actually a real human being in fiction. Oh, okay. Whereas Dracula has had more films made about him, but he's not classed in the book as being human. Huh. Does anyone want to have a guess? 527. It was 234. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> wow. As I live and breathe. No way. Now you claim that you don't cheat. That's yeah. freaking so me out. So that's a very odd number to come up with, isn't it? <laughs> mm. I'm keeping an eye on you, Morris. I'm saking. No, you're cheating is what's no, taking place. You did. I go and squeeze the lemon. I come back. I swear my notes don't look like they were when I left them to go and squeeze said lemon. Beans ate them. Beans. Uh-huh. This is true. What did Sherlock Holmes never do to his girlfriend, Irene Hadler? Remember, it's a family show and it's Christmas. Yes. And she's not dead either or Egyptian. So he never can... kissed her. So every answer for tonight's questions is going to be kiss it, is it? This is where we're going. We're not going to have cheese, wall or Eiffel Tower. We're going with kiss it this week. Yes. Okay. You don't think Sherlock Holmes ever kissed his girlfriend, Irene Hadler? Right. What did Sherlock Holmes never do to his girlfriend, Michelle? Propose. You're going to go with propose. Irene Hadler, the woman, I believe she was called. <laughs> yes, she was the woman. She was only in one story. Do you know the name of the story? You like a bit of Sherlock Holmes, Miss Morris? Ooh, the scandal the, in, in Bohemia. Bohemia. There we go. She never saw him. She never saw him. They only met twice in the entire story. And he was disguised on both occasions. First as a clergyman. And then as a drunk. That's it, not true. I read a, the stories. There's a fine line. Go and read them again. <laughs> <laughs> and if it differs, I'll give you some points. How does that sound? I have a collection. I know you do. Do you remember when Holmes saw a yellow door and said, look, it's a lemon entry, my dear Watson? <sighs> I love this show. Have I mentioned that? I love this show. Squeezing of lemons, you see. Job from the Bible died at the age of 140. So, for the first time oh in the history of MQTA Radio, we have the quiz of fun and interesting facts about jobs and employment. Woohoo! <laughs> what is that segue? <laughs> have it. a think about it. Sit down, have some more eggnog. From 1912 to 1948, if you were an architect, author, 
musician or painter you could enter what? There, from 1912 to 1948, if you were an architect, author, musician or painter, you could enter what? What would you like to enter, Morris? Uh, college? You could enter college, just from 1912 to 1948. <laughs> Ooh, the World's Fair. You could enter the World's Fair. That's not a bad guess, actually. Art school. Art school. You could enter, and the key here was the dates, 1912 to 1948, because it took place in London in 1948, and it was, in fact, the Olympic Games. <gasps> oh. You could get medals. You could win a medal at the Olympic Games from 12 to 48, in architecture, being an author, musician or painter. I prefer that. I actually entered my latest book and I managed to shatter my personal best. Great. President Abraham Lincoln was once employed as a successful what? What did Abe Lincoln do? Mortician. Before he decided... (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our Christmas special. Bug. <laughs> it turns out it's all about death, disease, and destruction. Yay! Yay! No, that's our New Year's special. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my mother's Christmas dinner. <laughs> Do you like stuffing? President yeah. Abe Lincoln was employed as a successful mortician. You're going to go with that, are you? Yep. Okay. Vampire hunter. Vampire hunter. No, he was hunter. a lawyer. He was a lawyer. He may well have been a lawyer, but he was a bartender and what? a very good one. He owned. His own tavern, it was called Berry and Lincoln. There, and he was a bartender. Really? Yes, and he was very good at it, apparently. Where he fought vampires. Yes, apparently. <laughs> and managed to embalm a lot of people with alcohol, apparently. Mm. I actually went to a pub in Britain, in uh, England, not so long ago. And it was owned by the grandparents of Robert E. Lee. They actually owned a pub. What? Yes, it's very true. I often wondered if Robert E. Lee and myself maybe distantly related in some shape or form. I guess my ancestry DNA kit will provide the answers to that. Egyptian butchers. Take yourself back. It's the Egyptian period. Pyramids, mummies, scarab beetles and lots of sand. You go to the butcher's shop. You want a couple of pork chops, a couple of sausages, a little bit extra something for your husband. (laughs) What were they wearing on their feet? What do Egyptian butchers, back in the day, ancient times, Wear on their feet. Cow skin. Cow skin. Mm-hmm. Camel skin. Camel skin. <laughs> Are we finished with the skins or is there more in now? I'm glad we're on the second one. I don't want to get to the third or the fifth skin. That would be ridiculous. Four skin. Okay. <laughs> Everyone thought it. <laughs> Morris jumps in. <laughs> he said foreskin. <laughs> Give me some nachos. <laughs> Depeche mode. <laughs> That's French for we are wussies. <laughs> Michelle, what did Egyptian butchers wear on their feet outside of foreskin? Oh, pig bladders. Get me down there one of them there foreskin boots, boy. <laughs> I, I don't even remember what you said. What did you say? Pig bladder. Pig bladder. <laughs> Welcome to the Christmas special. <laughs> it was high heels because they didn't want to stand in all the blood, blood. and guts and the slaughterhouse. And Egyptian butchers actually wore high heeled shoes. <laughs> well, you leave this show with more than you arrive with. We come 
to our favourite part of the show. <gasps> the sh- part of the show. Yeah! Nathan in particular likes the best. <laughs> Yay! I've not even said it yet. The mailbag. Mailbag! Good times. Jill in Minnesota posted, enjoyed the show again last night. You're all so entertaining. I hope the bell bunks and snorts would have been a bit more though she wants a bit more in the bell bunk and snort department it's I coming can't control it i i know you can't control it it's just one of those things that happened it's like rainbows it's like unicorns yes we can't control it santa claus it just happens we'll see if we can squeeze a couple more out for you tonight jill i appreciate yes. your comments christy in minnesota also posted awesome show again tonight thank you for the laughter i needed it Yay! Lace has written. Uh oh. I felt kind of bad for calling Adrian a limey wuss. Lace, it's okay. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? (laughs) Yeah, I see where we are. But it all went away as soon as he took my points off me. (laughs) (laughs) One chocolate meringue. I love. He's Douglas Adams. Flying Circus references, and also had to look up who Spike Milligan was. I dig British humour. Thank you, Limey, he says. P.S. Thanks for the Irish sign-off for me, Michelle. Damn near pushed me over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) I like the fact he's listening to the show. On the edge. (laughs) If you go over the edge, do write in and let us know, and make sure you send Michelle photographs of that. No, don't do it. Alva. Alva! Oh, Alva! Oh, he has that grape stuff. Yes, he invented. Grodka. He's the inventor of the Alva Grodka. Alva Grodka. Alva Grodka. Sounds <laughs> like a Russian skater. <laughs> now coming onto the ice, but presenting the United Nations of Russia. Alva Grodka. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yes, my, my Count Dracula suddenly went into a Russian commentator. <laughs> I see where we are. Yes, he invented the Alva Grodka, of course. He has posted, a Canadian recently told me he admired my taste. I thought he was a fan of the show. Then I heard they're legalising cannibalism. <laughs> no, I'm not so sure. He's marinating himself, to be fair there, isn't he? Oh, in Grodkas. Our good friend Martin in New York. Heather Morris. The yes. bunk was strong with this one this evening. <laughs> so true. Prepare the escape pod. <laughs> Been watching a bit too much at the cinema there this week, I think. Russell yeah. in Michigan posted, I listen to MQTA radio while I'm at work. So I mark on a piece of paper every bell bunk and snort so I can play catch up when I get home. <laughs> awesome. Nice one, Russell. Do you know like when you're in prison and you've got like a bar with gates and you're ticking them off? This what do you mean? We're... Do you know like when you're in prison? Oh, I did a diamond chino once. <laughs> once. I don't know what that means. I heard it on a show. Scott in California added when calling Adrian by the name Lee. As I walked to work in the dark of night, listening to the show in the wee hours of the morning in the replay, I let out such a laugh that I am sure I upset all the animals in the neighbourhood. 
<laughs> he said there's homeowners all over California wondering why their animals were barking and going I love nuts. it. That's great. So derogatory statements. When you called me Lee last week, in a moment of epileptic anger. That's true. He thought that was very funny. All of, all of these messages and notes revolve around me getting insulted in some shape or form. He said he loves the ladies and the guys aren't bad Aww. either Yay. Thank if you. you wish to leave a comment for the show we love hearing your comments we love seeing all of your posts all of your messages you can go to our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee we have over six thousand followers on there all the banter the cartoons the jokes the videos it's one big happy merry christmasy family all having fun and we share lots on there so go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee and all of tonight's stories are on there and much, much more. You can catch up with the show. It's completely free. We have archives. If you go to our archives, you can find them on soundcloud.com. If you search for MQTA Radio, all of our shows over the last four years are there. You can listen to them back to back whilst you're walking the dog in the snow, while you're delivering Christmas presents, driving to your auntie all over the Christmas period. If you wish to have a bit of fun and a bit of laughter, then you can listen to our archives. And if you're listening on SoundCloud now, why not press the little orange love heart, show us how much you enjoy the show. And remember, we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show and around we call Not For Your Mother that we can't read out on air. So you get a little bit extra as well. Some people say it's the best part of the show. <laughs> it's the part of the show contains filth. Feel. Naughtiness. Naughtiness. Dirty. Dirty. Innuendo. Innuendos. There. You can find all of those wondrous things. SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher. Google Play. Google Play. If you can't find us, you've only got yourself to blame. You can listen to us first. We are on Dark Matter Digital Network at 8 o'clock Central Time on a Friday night. We have 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world. You can find us on Twitter at Adrian underscore Lee underscore Tips. That has 96,000 followers. This show is free. It'll always be free. It's our gift to you for Christmas and all year long. We have much, much laughter, merriment and fun doing the show. But we do have costs that incur. We have studio costs. We have to pay for all of the platforms that we've just listed. If you wish to donate a single dollar to keep us running, to keep us in microphones and paper, you can go to patreon.com, search for MQTA Radio, and you can become a Patreon. Martin in New York is a Patreon. Mm -hmm. We thank everyone yes. who donates their time and their money to the show. Kathy would be another one. We have many, mm -hmm. many followers that donate to the show and we appreciate those things. Miss Morris, you've got one or two sites that you can guide people towards for the Christmas spirit and all of the things that you make. If you go to Oddly Intriguing collection on facebook you can find all the fun stuff that i create and it's oh a little goodness. bit creepy a little mm -hmm. bit morbid and a little bit cute so you yeah, get a hodge, perfect it's a hodgepodge of happiness there and my latest book mysterious minnesota digging up the ghostly past at 13 haunted sites is available on amazon and all good ebook sites as well as bookshops of course and i've had some fabulous fabulous reviews for that book as well, so many thanks to all of those individuals. I just want to give a mention to Clarice. Clarice is our dear friend. She's in her mid-70s. She won't mind me saying that. She goes out in all weathers. She goes out all times of the week. She runs a local food shelf. So 
if you'd like to donate to the food shelf, there's a lot of people in Wyndham, the local area, that are relying on the food shelf. She had over 700 people come to the food shelf back in November. So we want you to donate if you're willing to do so. If you give freely, of course, you receive freely. That's the Wyndham Area Sharing Centre food shelf. That's 1156 4th Avenue, Wyndham, Minnesota, 56101. That's the Wyndham Area Sharing Centre, the food shelf. You can write your checks to the Wyndham Area Sharing Centre. That's 1156 4th Avenue, Wyndham, Minnesota, 56101. This is our Christmas special. Christmas. Hurrah. <laughs> Little baby Jesus. Jingle bells. Laying in the manger. We are going to have, for the first time on MQTA, our Christmas special. I can't believe that. Fascinating facts about the festive period. You all look very happy. You all look oh. very enthused about the idea of answering these questions. <laughs> <laughs> and goodwill to all men. For Christmas 2010, the Colombian government decorated jungle trees with decorations and lights. The only thing I need to know is why. Colombian government, Christmas Day 2010, decorated jungle trees, lots of lights, lots of decorations. They actually won an award for this for the best strategic marketing campaign. They won an award for doing this. Colombia. Colombia, coffee coffee they put decorations on the tree to celebrate coffee in the jungle to celebrate coffee seems like a lot of hard work doesn't it just for the celebration of coffee think about their other biggest export beans oh (laughs) yes get me some of them their colombian beans cocaine oh now we're winning now we're going down the right paths michelle it's got to be cocaine. Okay, you've given her the answer. Blow. <laughs> they decided to put lights and decorations up in the jungle that were triggered by movement. Aww. So when a terrorist or a drug trafficker or a gorilla, and I'm not talking about the hairy kind that eats bananas, walked past the tree, they all lit up and a little sign came out that said, Merry Christmas, there's an amnesty. So if they handed themselves in, they wouldn't get into trouble and they wouldn't be charged. Would you believe that 331 terrorists and drug traffickers gave themselves up over the Christmas period in 2010 and the Colombian government won the best strategic marketing campaign of that year? It's remarkable times, isn't it? I shall give you a point each. Again, my philanthropy knows no bounds. It is our Christmas special. Eggnog. Noggins. I've got plenty of eggs. Can you go up to the supermarket, go to the grocery store? I'm fresh out of nogs. Can you get me a couple of nogs? Yes. I've run out. What's a nog? I looked this up. I didn't know. I was perplexed. Eggnog. I know what eggs are. Never seen a nog. When's it's the last a time head. you went? You went... <laughs> <laughs> a noggin? Go, go and get me half a pint of egg and head. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Sorry, we sold our last nog ten minutes ago. I can't help you. you have you tried high V? <laughs> it was invented in 1607 in Jamestown, but I'm still interested in what a nog is. Any thoughts? Head. You're still going with head, are you? Yes. Okay. Think pirates. It's actually got rum in it. Originally, it had rum. R. There. 
my impression of a pirate. All I had was rum. I'm oh sorry I've taken your answer away. Yeah. Nog, when you think of egg nog, it was actually from the word grog. So if you think of egg being yeah. the G, it was egg grog. And it ended up being eggnog because grog, of course, is any rum-based drink in pirate speak. I'll give you a couple of points there. In Poland, they decorate Christmas trees with what? And it's made by an animal. I'm going to give you some clues. Oh, no. Oh, hang on. We might be getting a drink out of this. Keep going, Michelle. It's nearly really? there. In where? Poland? Poland. Gdansk, mm. madam. In Gdansk. I would have to say it's a hair wreath. <laughs> hang on. I'll take my shirt off and show you one of those. Oh. No. There. Not again. I don't need a gray one. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Controversial. You're going to go with hair from yes. an animal all around the Christmas tree. That's yes. what they do in Poland. Go and shave the dog. We've run out of tinsel. That's true. There. An animal in Gdansk. Well, it could be anywhere in Poland. Could have been Warsaw. Feathers. Feathers. It's spider webs, would you believe? Oh, right. They wrap their Christmas trees in spiders' webs. Spiders are considered symbols of prosperity and goodness. And of course, if you have a spider as your spirit animal, I believe that means fertility. Because they lay thousands and thousands of eggs, don't they? This is where we are. With lots of nogs. But according mm. to legend, a spider wove baby Jesus's blanket. Oh, yeah, the Christmas spider. Yes. Warm. There what about the go. Christmas pickle? I don't recall such a thing in the Bible. I have one. Jesus gave you a Christmas pickle. <laughs> Lucky my spider pants are keeping me warm. Spider pants. Spider, spider pants. pants. Does whatever spider pants can. <laughs> he can bleat, he can trot, he's got everything a spider's got. <laughs> Look at that spider bleating and trotting. And the baby Jesus. White Christmas. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Winter Wonderland. The Christmas Song. I'll Be Home for Christmas. And Oh, Holy Night. Were all written by who? By who or whom? Mm, there you see. There's the trick. There's the rub, Morris. There you've seen the... The little bit of uh, inflection I put into my vernacular. It's not often you get to play with my vernacular live on the radio, but here we go. Put it away. I'm sorry. I, um, I like it out. What can I say? I have no idea. Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby wrote them all. I think they're written by Jewish people. You are an absolute star. I'm going to give you three points. You didn't You're say it was six. a people. <laughs> <laughs> People. Yes, it's hard to believe on our Christmas special that Jewish people are people. <laughs> Nathan. Nathan. Jewish composers. I'm a there. people. There's money to be made in these songs. This is where we're going. Where is the world's leading exporter of Christmas trees? Uh, the uh, Biggest exporter of Christmas trees. You can give me a Canada. Re give me a region. Canada. It's not a region. It's a country. Give me a region. Mm-hmm. Uh, the northern region. <laughs> See, I was thinking of your southern regions. <laughs> so instead of places like British Columbia or Montreal or... The Great White North. You went with the northern region. North. The one place where you're guaranteed not to find trees. <laughs> Any thoughts, Michelle? I will go with British Columbia. Nova. Oh. 
Scotia, which leads me very nicely to the curse of Oak Island. Yes! Oh, no. Okie Pinocchie Swamp. Mm. 70 minutes of my life this week. The paper they found in the money pit last week, they analysed. It turned out that it was paper. <laughs> and they found a square indentation on the ground. I also want to say a big thank you to everyone who's given us Christmas cards this year. Oh, yes. Far too Amazing. many to read out. Thank you we so really, much. We really appreciate that. We're going to post some photographs on our my headband. Facebook site. Yes, we are wearing Christmas socks, Christmas hats. Ornaments. Thank you to Leslie in Iowa who sent thank us you, Christmas so gifts. Much. We've taken some selfies and we will post those on our site as well. I use the TV remote when I'm watching Oki Pinoki Swamp. I look to increase the brightness when I watch the show, but it does not seem to bring any more intelligence to the series. Mm-hmm. We have a quiz show. It is more questions than answers. We are the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Michelle is on six. I am yet to score, but I'm not too worried because I haven't seen any Christmas presents going to the fireplace yet. Heather is on four. Four for saying the word kiss to every single question I answered. We go into the round that is ghosts and hauntings. Holly Willoughby's fans are convinced they can see a scary face in the fire of her latest snap after spotting a ghost in her garden. Was this last week's bonk? <laughs> Didn't even get me sentenced. Two words short. Two words. Didn't even get me sentenced. You are 100%. She's been posting a lot of selfies. She is a TV personality. She's on this morning show. And you're absolutely right. As what? She's a presenter. Imagine, you know, that show with Kelly Ripper. It's just two of them and they just do a... Never seen one. I don't even remember the name of it. American culture. I'm left wanting. I'm sorry. I don't watch the TV. But she posted a photograph last week of her kids playing in the snow. There was a phantom doll's face on the wall behind her. She went into a long dialogue about the fact that she can't even go number two in her own house because there's like a black woman that goes up the stairs. Right, well, now she's found a ghost in the fireplace. She's not saying this, by the way. I'll give her credit. She's just posting photos and people are saying, oh, my God, there's a face in the fire. But this morning host wowed her fans with a makeup-free selfie of her getting cosy by the fire in a festive jumper. But some of her fans spotted something creepy behind her. Bunk. She's not going to be able to go a number two in the house again. Some of the followers thought they could see the face in the top corner of the picture. There's a delayed bunk bell. One follower... We need a bunk bell. We do. Share that we with do. You. Let's find a gong of bunkiness or something. I think it should be a fart sound. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's pray silence and wheeling the, the gong of That's funkiness. <laughs> there we go. Let's bang the gong of bunkiness. One follower wrote, there's a scary looking face in the glass behind you. If you zoom in, another agreed saying, eek, I see it. It comes after Holly's fans were convinced her garden wall was haunted by the ghost of a doll-like child <laughs> in a bonnet. I swear the only time I ever see you eat vegetables is when you're drinking a Bloody Mary. (laughs) And Swisher sweet cigars that are strawberry do not count as a fruit potion. (laughs) 
The presenter, 36, posted a picture of her three children, Harry, Belle and Chester, playing in the snow. But many were distracted by the creepy background last week. Ghost in the glass or they're talking out of their ass. No questions, tell no lies. You can go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers, with Adrian Lee, as we behold the giant gong of bunkiness. <laughs> Magic times. Heather Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? The destruction of the centuries-old building has left questions concerning the fate of its ghostly inhabitants in an orphanage in Canada. Oh. oh, Canada! Is that where they got Chase Michael, Chaz Michael, Michael? I didn't know. Can you play Canada forever? No, I get tired after two hours. <laughs> wow. The Belvedere Orphanage in Newfoundland certainly had a long and interesting history. Dating... Wasn't in the northern regions then. <laughs> yeah, I should get points. Duh. Dating back to the 1800s. Wow. <laughs> the building later became a school before finally being abandoned in 1976. After laying empty for decades, it was ravaged by fire in April and left damaged beyond repair. Even now, however... As its walls crumble to rubble, the stories of its ghostly past continue to endure. Lorraine Michael, former principal of the school, was no stranger to some of the strange phenomena that occurred within the building, in particular the peculiar noises heard echoing throughout its halls. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, your grandmother's coming through. <laughs> that only echoes through this room. What, your grandmother? Yes. A couple yes. of eggnogs and she's Your loose. impressions. Danger to shipping, yeah. It consisted of walking noises, somebody walking and always on top floor. She said, it wasn't scary. I think I laid there knowing that I was hearing a ghost. I wasn't going to go up and look, but neither was I scared of it. Visitors and staff members alike would often hear doors closing and experience the chilling feeling of an unknown presence. Some were even too scared to enter the building at all on their own. If the poltergeist was connected to the experience or the building, and I'm not an expert. No. What? Nothing. Carry on. <laughs> I have something for you. Yes. One point. Oh. It's unwrapped. It's, I can see that it's unwrapped. I'll unwrap this one. Oh, another point. <laughs> How does it do that? Look, it's in stereo. Yeah. This is why we can't have a camera in the studio. <laughs> well, she said, I assume now the spirit will be at rest after it's been knocked down and burned. Knocked down and burned. Yes. I know what Luke Skywalker has got for Christmas. He has Twister, G.I. Joe, and a Nerf gun. Because I have felt his presence. <laughs> I love this show. At the end of the round, that is Ghosts and Hauntings. Michelle's still on six. I've scored two. And Heather is on four. As we move into the round, that is UFOs and cryptozoology. Sandwich shop worker claims he has fathered dozens of alien babies after losing his virginity to E.T. Oh, no! And he has painted no! all of the encounters. You saw how long E.T.'s fingers were. You know he's doing well in life when he's working in a sandwich shop. Sandwich? I'm sure he's getting a foot long. UFO lover David Huggins claims to have lost his virginity to a busty extraterrestrial called Crescent 
after walking through a forest. Crescent. When he was just 17. Sandwich crescent. <laughs> Why am I here? I do love me a sausage crescent. This is our Christmas special. <laughs> David Huggins says the crescent straddled him one evening and she later gave birth to his child. They are a little huggy. <laughs> Speaking for a documentary chronicling his bizarre life, he says, I was walking in the woods and I see a woman sitting under a tree and she gets up and starts coming towards me. I became very aroused sexually. I couldn't get my pants down fast enough. Gross. I just lay there on the ground and she got on top of me. I've no idea why me. I just don't know. I reached my climax, which was quite painful, actually. It was very, very intense. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I'm looking in her eyes. Who makes those kinds of noises? A painful alien. <laughs> God, I nearly pulled a stomach muscle. <laughs> His virginity was lost. I guess it's better than being in the woods with your woodwork teacher. Throughout the film, Huggins... <laughs> that was a terrible school trip for me. Throughout the film, Huggins shows off several of his raunchy paintings, all inspired by a lifetime of extraterrestrial romping. One picture, which he dubs Virginity Lost, refers to the night he claims to have first had sex with Crescent. The 72-year-old from Hoboken, New Jersey, said he's fathered over 60 alien kids altogether. My first encounter was when I was eight years old. I was playing at the base of a tree and I hear this voice saying, David, behind you. It was his woodwork teacher. <laughs> and I turned around and there was this little hairy guy with large glowing eyes coming straight towards me. I thought it was the bogeyman. I or didn't Danny know... DeVito. Oh, no. <laughs> you won't say that when you know what he's done to him. Oh. But his parents began to grow sick of the stories, and after receiving a whipping for describing a visit, Huggins learned not to mention them again. He claims to have met little hairy aliens, grey aliens, and insectoid aliens. But, oh, here's oh, our first. Oh, if yes. you're playing the Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game... <laughs> Is it here? Is it there? We don't know when it's going to happen. You can take a shot now. Insectoid. He's keen to point out that he's not bedded them all. Once you've well, had, that's nice. Once you've had great. <laughs> I need a drink. After attending one another. Watch welcome to our Christmas special. <laughs> yes, that's not so funny when your doctor says that to you. I can't look at Bugs Bunny in the same way. After attending several abductee anonymous meetings, they've got abductee anonymous meetings. I'm going to YA. Let's Abdu go to one. Abductee anonymous. During the 1960s, he stopped turning up because they were too depressing. Alien love or heavens above. You decide. Go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee, where you can see David Huggins' paintings for yourself in glorious Technicolor. Now, in the interest of squeezing in as many Christmas-themed stories as possible in our Christmas special, we are going to jump straight to the round that is The Strange and the Bizarre, and I can do that because it's my show. 
What? These <gasps> are the stories of the strange and the bizarre that are too good not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. Miss Morris, you can start off the fun and frivolity on our Christmas special tonight. Oh. I'm going to Texas. Oh, yeah. Texas! Here we go. Yay, Texas! Yay! Or not. Uh, Texas mother who forgot she stashed her family's elf on a shelf in the oven shared the saga of Elphys's untimely demise. Elphys. Elphys. That's not bad. Brittany Meese of Wiley said in a Facebook post that while she's never been a fan of the creepy elf on a shelf... Do you know, this is the first time yes. in possibly three or four years that Miss Morris has actually got the accent correct. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Merry Christmas, one and all. Well, she participates each year because it makes her young children happy. Meese wrote that she had initially put Elphis on bed rest... After he supposedly broke his leg tripping over her kids' toys that were left out, but her children pointed out that the 14-day bed rest period had ended and Elphis still hadn't moved. When they weren't looking, I grabbed him off the kitchen counter and I quickly tossed him in the oven until I could move him later and would not raise any suspicion. Right. Kellogg. Me said she forgot about Elphis's hiding place until she was heating up lunch for the kids on Monday. <gasps> That's when all hell broke loose, <laughs> and I broke my son's heart. <gasps> You've been a naughty boy. We've roasted your elf. <laughs> He's not reporting on you. Me said her children were witness to Elphis's melting form as she tried to rescue him from the oven. Mm. I like the idea that if you've been naughty, you just kill the elf. You're not going back. You're not going to grasp me up when you get back. I've got a blade, and I? I'm going to cut you, and I? I'm going to stick you in the oven. Yeah. You ain't grassing me up, you snitch. <laughs> I started to grab him out of the oven, and the kids were like, Don't touch him! He loses magic! <laughs> so I'm like, How many Graham. times have you heard that said, Michelle? Don't touch it! It's gonna lose its magic! <laughs> More than once! <laughs> so I'm like, Crab! He's gonna lose his magic! Crab! <laughs> lose more than that! <laughs> Mies attempted to use utensils to lift Elvis's <laughs> body out of the oven, causing his head to pop right off his back. These children are going to be spending years in therapy with post-traumatic Christmas disorder. Mies said her son, Gray, was distraught, but he was a little gray. Um, oh, but his five-year-old sister, Illy, Laughed at the elf's demise. Oh, she's no awesome. more snitches in this house, Mama. <laughs> said her young daughter. Me said she put a call into Santa, where the kids listened in, and she asked Saint Nick to come take Elphesis for some emergency medical treatment. The mother said in a follow-up post on Tuesday that the healed. Elvis was delivered to her children by Santa Claus. Aww. A moment she said the family will never forget. Even when they figure out that Santa is not real, they will know that there's more to Santa than just delivering presents. 
there. There's a moral in there somewhere, but for the life oh of me, I've God. no idea what it is. <laughs> All shook up, or you can go and look this stuff up. Go to our Facebook site. <laughs> More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Now, Christmas wouldn't be the same if we didn't have an article about Santa's bone. Oh, what? God. A fragment of bone claimed to be from St. Nicholas, the 4th century saintly inspiration for Father Christmas. Is it the finger? Has been radiocarbon <laughs> tested by the University of Oxford. The test has found that the relic does date from the time of St. Nicholas, who is believed to have died about 343 AD. About. They couldn't quite get the month, apparently. Mm. While not providing proof that this is from the saint, it has been confirmed as authentic from that era. The Oxford team says that these are the first tests carried out on the bones. Relics of St. Nicholas, who died in modern-day Turkey, have been kept in the crypt of a church in Barry in Italy since the 11th century. See, we've been getting Turkey into the show today. I like but the it. popularity of the saint and the associations with Christmas have seen many fragments of bone being taken to other locations, raising questions about how many of these are authentic. There are hundreds of other bones claimed to be from St. Nicholas, including a collection in a church in Venice. And the researchers now want to use DNA testing to see how many bones are really from a single individual and how many might be linked to the bone tested in Oxford. Dr. George Kazan, co-director of the Centre at Keeble College, said, It is exciting to think that these relics, which date from such an ancient time, could in fact be genuine. Science is not able to definitively prove that it is him. He can only prove that it is not. However, we can find out who he's related to, though, if we go to Ancestry.com. Yeah. It's Santa Claus or Christmas Boars. You decide. Go to our Facebook site and see in glorious Technicolor for yourself Santa's bone. Michelle. I'm giving you his bone right now. I can now. see exactly what mm. you're doing. There's been nothing but <laughs> rudeness, hate and bile on this show from the first moment we started. Our Christmas special. What have you got for me tonight, Michelle, in the oh. round of The Strange and the Bizarre? A grieving daughter has ensured she'll be with her late mom on Christmas Day because she plans to scatter her ashes on the turkey. Nice. It's not, do you want stuffing with that? Ooh, Austin Pfeffer. Nice. <laughs> Not quite sure what you're doing. Just going to ignore you and go with the flow. Could you imagine? You're eating your mother on Christmas Day. She's yeah. never tasted better, has she? You did. Oh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome, my mum and dad, to the Christmas special listening... Back in Britain. Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Lee. Wanting, wanting to hear their son over the Christmas period. Difficult time for my parents. Their son, who they didn't put into the army, isn't there. They thought they'd listen to our Christmas special for a bit of Christmas cheer. And then Morris comes along. Yeah. Unbelievable. Deborah Parsons has been eating her mum, Doreen's ashes, since she died in May. Because she wants to feel as close as possible to her. The That's prob- disgusting. The problem with that is like 12 hours later, mum's coming out and that's grim. You're launching a sewer pickle and it's your mother. This is where we're going. Hang on, your mother's coming through. <laughs> this is where we are. Things have come full circle. Well, at the end of the day, she can still talk to you. Wow. Oh. <laughs> your mother's disagreeing with me. And that's back talk. Oh. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm banning Bloody Marys in this studio. 
We're out. Christmas. <laughs> oh, no Christmas. Mic drop. Oh. I've got 57 minutes in the can. I can talk for the final three minutes. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait. Can you? Oh no, she's Merry Christmas. Wow. Power corrupts absolutely. Who put Morris oh. in charge of the microphones? Oh god. No one thought that through, awesome. did they? Awesome. Oh, because the forty one year old's craving has gotten even stronger in the run up to Christmas. She plans to dust the turkey and Christmas pudding with the remains. Gross. You wouldn't yeah. go around there for dinner, would you? Mm-mm. Deborah of Folkestone, Kent, told the Sunday Mirror, it's the only thing that will get me through my first Christmas without my mom. People might think I'm mad or that it's really? not... Might? Yeah. That it's not very respectful to do, but I just can't stop myself. Oh, spicy. <laughs> I've made a curry. (laughs) It's a bit gritty. That's wrong. I feel like she can live on by being inside of me because she is a part of me and she can breathe through my body. Yes, really. My breath is her breath. I can't make this stuff up. Disgusting. Doreen passed away suddenly from an airway obstruction after suffering a chest infection in May, leaving Deborah distraught. She was given her share of the ashes two months later by her sisters, who are unaware of what Deborah has been doing with them. They're going to know now. It's been on the national news. All right, buckle up. Originally, she kept them in a sandwich bag and carried her mum with her to bed and around the house. But on one particularly difficult day, she got an urge. To eat her mom? Yep. Deborah said, I opened the box and I licked my fingers and I just dipped them into the powder. Oh, double dipping. Have you guys seen cremains, though? It's not powder. No, it's not. There's like bone fragments and yes. stuff in there. It's like kitty litter. Yes. It's crunchy. Mm-hmm. Oh. Before I knew what I was doing, they were in my mouth, and the chalky, salty taste was comforting. And that's what I told the judge. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Welcome to our Christmas special. Death and laughter. Continue. I felt felt confused by what I had done to begin with, but the feeling of comfort and closeness it brought was the first bit of solace I'd had since her death. But with Christmas just around the corner, Deborah wants to move on from tasting her mum with her fingers or on a little spoon. She's got big problems. She needs to be committed. Yeah. Ooh, use yeah. her as snuff. She... Oh. <laughs> I've she... just done a line of your mother. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Mm-mm. She instead wants Doreen to be a part of the celebration and is even planning to prop up the table with a photo of her mom on the very special day. Deborah, who is getting married next year, added... <laughs> Don't eat the wedding cake would be my advice. 
<laughs> I know my mom would have been very happy for me to do whatever I needed to to get uh, over her. I'm just worried what's going to happen when she runs yes, out of these cremains. I was, I was, she's going to start eating other people's is what's yep. going to happen. We crawl into the final round. That is not for your mother. Merry Christmas! Yes. Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas! It won't be Merry Christmas when you hear what I've got here in my hand. Oh, God. Ho, ho, ho. There we are. <laughs> this is the round. Wow. Ish. That we can't read out on air for fear of being removed. If you've got small miners in the room, then you're obviously Snow White. Dwarves. If your mother... Can we use that word anymore or do we have to say small people? I've I say dwarves. Tr- we're saying dwarves, apparently. We're putting it out there. We're on the internet. Who cares? If you have... A mother in the room who's of a nervous disposition. Go and watch Psycho, get a few ideas, and then steal her clothes. <laughs> Welcome to our Christmas special. Yes. A carer was mortified when her uncle hand-delivered a penis-shaped stress ball. She bought as a secret Santa gift as it arrived in clear packaging. Oh. Hand-delivered and penis. Don't type them into a Google search. You'll lose your afternoon. Georgia Meller from Widnes, Cheshire, ordered the erotic stress ball from eBay on December the 5th and assumed it would be discreetly parceled. She got it already? Huh. I know. Well, this is the British <laughs> Postal Service for you. Oh. If we're going to deliver stress balls in the shape of a penis, you can guarantee they're going to be coming quickly. <laughs> yep. 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 Apparently, he was a first-class yep. male. Um, See what I did there? Terrible. First class. But after the original packaging had become damaged, Royal Mail allegedly replaced it with a clear bag, which exposed the X-rated gift. We care. Georgia said she was horrified when the item turned up at her brother's birthday party. But she was shocked to learn her uncle, the local postman, had delivered the gift. They're all in on it. She said, this is something that my family will always keep bringing up. They'll never let this <laughs> down. Yeah, I got it. This kind of thing could only happen to me. It's been very hard to swallow. <laughs> no! uh, yeah. It is typical <laughs> that it was my brother's birthday. I was hoping that it wasn't my uncle that delivered it, but it was him. He delivered my brother's birthday card at the same time. He found it funny. It was so embarrassing. He just took the mick out of me. My brother found it funny too. She said her friends, who have a similar sense of humour to her, have urged her to contact Royal Mail, saying there should be a man attached to it. Uh. A Royal Mail spokesman said Royal Mail would like to apologise to the customer for any embarrassment caused. We process and deliver millions of items of mail each and every day without incident. However, items of mail can occasionally arrive open either because they're poorly packaged or damaged as they pass through the machinery. That's true. In cases concerning confidential or sensitive material, items should be placed in a royal mail envelope so the contents are not visible when placed in a protective bag. We don't do that. (laughs) Nope. We apologise in this case that the correct procedure was not a followed it was so large it had its own zip code penis stress ball or the man's a fall you decide go to our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee i delivered a loose butt plug once what loose, <laughs> loose you didn't everyone yeah. wants a tight one surely oh. somebody ordered it off a of wish.com oh. 
Did you have trouble pushing it into their mailbox? I'm wishing for a butt plug. Tell me you put the flag up. You push it through the door hole. Pushing it through the door. I had to take a run up. How do you think I rang the doorbell? You can ring my bell. Ring my bell. My bell. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Michelle. It wasn't a pacifier. Wasn't it? No. Oh, dear. Who's ordering those kinds of things? People. Pastor. Lots of people. The local pastor. (laughs) Don't give me that look. I'm thinking, that must be the Baptists. (laughs) Welcome to our Christmas special, Michelle. What have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Women terrified of having a dead vagina can relax. Oh, oh no. good. It's not dead. I'm it's so happy. It's not dead. Hang on. I'll it's give you the great. kiss of life. <laughs> CPS. CPS. What is wrong with you? <laughs> they won't be attending their own genital funeral anytime soon. Experts have dispelled the idea that overuse of a vibrator... Or perhaps butt plug. <laughs> yes, but that wouldn't be a vagina, would it? No. Carried away. Get carried away. There's many a slip, twixt cup and lip. It's a two for one. Go. <laughs> You're taking a run up. Jesus. No. Oh. And don't pull it out like you're trying to start a chainsaw. <laughs> Oh, good. Overuse of a vibrator will mean the loss of sensation down under, confronting women concerned about the myth. Dr. Sazika Malik told Metro that there was no medical evidence that dead vagina syndrome is a real condition. The gynecologist said that any deceased... Any deceased cells? Decreased. Oh, I see where your mind is, yeah. girl. I've not practiced gynecology for years, but I still like to keep my hand in. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> wow. Can you take your ring off? It hurts. That's not my ring. That's my wristwatch. Oh. <laughs> that is nasty. What time is it? (laughs) Hang on, I'll have a look. (laughs) 20 past three. What's wrong with you? (laughs) We haven't got the time. Any decreased sensation after using a vibrator was almost always temporary. Any kind of desensitization. Oh, they were down there? You were numbed up, dude. You numbed it up. Num, 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 Sorry. Will instead only last for about an hour. An hour? Mm-hmm. So when it's numb, you can't feel it for an hour. Is that what you're saying? That's, I guess, the usual amount of time for it to come on back. Or if it's my ex, you can't feel it at all. Oh! Welcome to our Christmas special. <laughs> Yahoo! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> Harry Strabismus. <laughs> the same kind of loss of sensation can also happen straight after childbirth, following sex with another person while breastfeeding. Hang on. At the same time? I'm not having sex with a woman who's breastfeeding. 
Wow. Yet. <laughs> Don't give it all to Junior. There's a few of us here. Oh, and even when they are taking contraception. Never fear. The idea of having a dead vagina from overuse of a vibrator is not true, an expert said. According to one study, not even 1% of women have reported losing sensitivity for more than a day after using a vibrator. Studies have revealed that the response to using a vibrator can be better for a woman, with research released in 2012 suggesting that a majority indicated orgasms triggered by vibrator stimulation were more intense than others. There. You leave this show with more than you arrive. Yes. Miss Morris, you have the final story tonight in our Christmas special of Not For Your Mother. A baby! We baby are. A we baby boy mm. was born with an extra penis. On his back, believed what? to be all that was left of his parasitic twin. twin. So he's got a parasitic penis sticking out of his back. Some That's right. back he's balls. Got, yeah, he's got back balls. So he doesn't three know heads. whether he's coming or going. <laughs> he's got three heads. Oh, that was my joke. Piss off, Lee. awesome. The little boy has had an operation to successfully remove the extra organ. Did they keep it? If you apply Nathan, they might let you sew it on. Oh. (laughs) Doctors believe the second penis was what was left of the parasitic twin that failed to develop, and they named it Adrian. The option. We're going to be in a fist fight in a minute, I swear. There's been drinking, there's been fighting, there's been lots of sex. Unbelievable. Cursing. Yeah. The op to remove the appendage was carried out by the Scientific Research Institute of the Pediatrics in Azerbaijan. Hmm. Dr. Gundes Agave, head of the Institute's neonatology department, said the baby was a normal sexual organ where it's supposed to be. Uh, the penis on the back <laughs> is a parasite which has been uh, surgically uh, removed. A parasitic penis. Practically all there was left of him, the parasitic twin, was a penis that got attached to the brother's back inside the womb. The baby's back was not affected by the surgery, although he was left with a small scar. He is now recovering well at home. The baby's name and where he lives was not revealed to protect his privacy Dick. as he grows up. Yes. Wow, why didn't you rub the baby's back? He needs to be burped. Mm-mm. <laughs> Similar to a conjoined twin, in the case of a parasitic twin, one of the babies is not fully formed. And was never a viable fetus, so never fear. The other baby really never existed. Phantom Willy syndrome. Mm. No, it was there. They just what took it off. Phantom? It wasn't a phantom. It, it was, was there. It was detachable. In the flesh as we live and breathe. Yes. Parasitic twins happen when a twin embryo begins to develop in the womb, and the pair fail to fully separate, and one embryo remains dominant. At the expense of its twin, so it ate it. Oh. He absorbed it. He absorbed. Damn. The underdeveloped twin is defined as being parasitic rather than conjoined because it is completely formed and wholly dependent on the body 
of its twin who then just broke off its penis and threw it away. He was huh. very lucky because that could have ended up on the end of his nose or on his forehead. Just like you. Wow. <laughs> you should get that looked at. <laughs> I was thinking of rubbing it later. Don't blow your Don't nose. Get it anywhere near me. Ew. It's been running all evening. Oh. Look out, he's going to blow. <laughs> Parasitic. I didn't know you had a cold. <laughs> Terrible to do. Parasitic Willie, or don't be so silly. You decide, go to our Facebook site and you can see the story in full. All good things must come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores on our Christmas, especially in last place with the K2 meter with the dead battery and the turkey carcass. <laughs> Is Heather Morris, who scored four. I'm in second place with six. But in resplendent first place, glowing in resplendent divine light of frankincense, myrrh, and a chocolate orange. It's me. I wasn't it's listening. Michelle, who scored <laughs> eight. I want to share my points. Don't forget, you giving. can find us on SoundCloud. If you go to MQTA Radio on SoundCloud.com, you can find a little bit extra on there for yourselves as well i just want to say we have 190 countries listening to us all over the world 100,000 listeners 96,000 followers on twitter i want to wish every single one of you from the studio of mqta a fantastic christmas we really do appreciate all of your comments we appreciate your support and you really do feel like a big giant family to us so many Many thanks from all of the team. My gratitude and gracious thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Shaton Drainer, Nathan Bush, and Michelle Corrie, and all of the International Paranormal Society into Paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area, Paranormal Interest Group, and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. Have a fabulous Christmas, and remember, be interested.